2: Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show, powered by the Polk County Eye Club on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And welcome to the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. I am Andrew Downs, joined as always by Trent Condon.
3: What's up, Trent? Hey, not too much. It's been... Boy, feels like almost the longest two weeks of my life.
2: It really does. You know, you wonder how it how it has felt in the Iowa football program. I I would hope that it has felt longer for them, right? I would hope that they've been stewing on that loss and uh, and ready to get going on Saturday morning.
3: You have to assume that is the case, and and us as fans, even media members, quote unquote, right? I guess that's what we are. Whatever. Yeah, we we turn on microphones (laughs) and talk about sports, (laughs) right? Not exactly hard hitting journalism that we do, but. The stewing nature of this, just sitting on a loss like that. Now, the great nature about Iowa football under Ference is it really is one game at a time. There isn't the highs and lows that we go through, and, and you see that play out. You look at this team coming off by, there's nothing overly exciting one way or the other about it. It's not like they're great. It's not like they're terrible. They're just eh, doesn't really say a whole lot. And I think that's because of the nature of the way the program is built, that you don't get that extra time in there. I know there's a lot of questions about this team now a- after the loss, but... Looking at it in its totality. I know you said before the season, if you gave 6-1, and one, well, they weren't. They were 6-0 and oh right. before the Purdue loss, but they are 6-1. and one. Yes. They're ranked in the top 10. Yes, They have two wins against top 20 teams, yes. including a road win against Iowa State that looks better and better as the season goes on. They have a resume better than anybody in your division. So you put all these things together and you say, hey, be happy with where you are and know what's still in front of you, but it starts this weekend. And this is a game that I know both of us... Are very annoyed by Wisconsin fans, the success that they had, a little jealousy maybe seeps into no our doubt. anger no doubt. from time to time. Yeah. It's a program that has taken those next steps that Iowa still is trying to get to. And as they split things up and went away from the leaders and, and legends division into what we have east and west, they have been the bully. And you want to get to that point. So it's all there still for Iowa. A college football berth would still be on the line if they get to Indianapolis at 11-1. and 1. All those things are still out there. But it starts on Saturday. we got to beat those stinking Badgers.
2: You know, you wonder how many times in, a, in one season you can call a game the most important game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels like the most important of the game of the year, and it's one that we've had circled. And you're right, though. It's uh, Fans can go through such emotional highs and lows depending on the result of a game. Um, and, and I, I understand why Iowa fans would be down after that Purdue game. I certainly was and, and still feel that a little bit. And then you look at Wisconsin and just kind of the history of that program, the history of this series, and as you said, the way that they've been able to take that step and be the dominant force in the Big Ten West, where Iowa's been you know a half step behind them for a decade now. But you look at Wisconsin— and they haven't beaten anybody. Mm. They haven't done anything impressive this season. Uh, they, they're they playing better. They've won three in a row. Uh, they, they've started to figure out that being a one-dimensional offense is the way that they need to be. But wins against Eastern Michigan, Illinois, Army, and Purdue, that's <laughs> nothing to write home about, a 4-3 right. and three record. Now, uh, as you said, this game it kind of pivots their whole season, right? If, if you're Wisconsin, you look at this game and say, if we can get through Iowa... The rest of these games are winnable. And all of a sudden, even though we lost three of our first four games, we're going to Indianapolis probably to represent the Big Ten West again. And that's the thing that Iowa just can't allow to happen. Um, do you put any any stock into like the transitive property stuff with the Purdue? I mean, Iowa was dominated by Purdue two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Purdue was dominated by Wisconsin a week ago. Does that tell you that? This is a big mountain to climb for the Hawkeyes or do you kind of throw that out? I don't play those games. Those games
3: can be very dangerous. so they you can, can you, you see because those... you look at Penn State. I mean yeah. you look
2: at what Iowa State is now doing and right. you know you can you can fight you can frame it however you want to frame it when you start looking at stuff like
3: that. You know, I remember there was a year a uh, few years back and there's a website that does those transitive properties. and it was like Upper Iowa, would beat Alabama. <laughs> right. you know, th- yeah, those that's right. Things. I remember that. There's those kind of things out there that this team beat this team, and you go on and on and on. Now, this is strictly matchup based. And the one thing that I'm I'm still pondering all week long. And I when we've talked to Hawkeye guys on my radio show this week, one thing I've continually brought up is how much do we read into last year? Mm-hmm. The 28-7 win. First of all, it wasn't easy by any means. No. You see 28-7, you think it was. That was a 14-7 game in the third quarter. So it's not like Iowa ran away from them. They are up 6-0 at the half. It wasn't the dominant performance there. You look at the final numbers, boy, Goodson had a good day. Well, he had an 80-yard touchdown run yes. late in the game that sealed it. Before that, he did nothing. And we know how difficult this 3-4 defense has been for Brian Ferentz and company to figure out. That's where my concern still lies. What do you do in this game that is going to be a slugfest? It's going to be low-scoring. You look at the total, 36.5, and and feels like it can be a lot lower than even that number, 13.10, right. know, 12.9, just something like that that you get to. And and that's where I just wonder, with this extra time to prepare, is this actually a good thing, though, for Iowa? Knowing the struggles that they've had, last season I remember there was a lot of talk that they had worked more in the offseason. They have done some things and scripted some plays that they thought would work better. Against the 3-4. Then I come back to the concerns with the offensive line. This offensive line is not good. No. And without a good offensive line against the 3-4. And Sanborn and that other monster linebacker that they have. Those dudes have 17 tackles for a loss. They're two middle linebackers. That is incredibly scary. When Iowa, this year, I saw the numbers. They have given up a loss on a running play. Something like 22% of the time. They've wow. lost yards on a running play. That is one of the worst in the country. Wisconsin, on the other side, has had tackles for loss and running plays. Twenty-four percent of the time. That leads the country. A lot of those zone read outside. Tyler Goodson cut down for a three-yard loss. Yes. That's a concern because Iowa, they just can't play behind the sticks.
2: You know, and and so let's stay there. Uh, because I think you're right. I think that Tyler Goodson probably not gonna have a huge day against no. this this front seven of this Wisconsin team. But the offense has to do something, right? They're, they're going to have to do something. And with the bye week, maybe they've implemented Keegan Johnson a little bit more. Maybe he's learned some more of the playbook and can be out there on more snaps. Maybe Arlen Bruce, uh, maybe may trying to get Tyrone Tracy involved somehow in this offense, which he just hasn't really been for the first seven games. Um, I, I think the bye week more than anything helps physically. Yeah. I, I do believe you know what, what we're hearing from the coaches and the players of, the slog it's been especially after last year and just eight games and a weird off season to have a full off season all these big games all these pressure moments uh and and just have it seven weeks in a row and especially for some of these freshmen and these young players and so it'll be interesting to see if they if they actually look better I would like to see this team come out and throw the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. And obviously that that starts with the offensive line and giving Spencer Petras some time because uh, one thing we know about Spencer Petras is if he's, if, if you see his feet moving, uh-oh, yeah, right? It's it's, you yeah. hope he throws it out of bounds mm-hmm. and plays to live another day um, because that that's not going to go well. But if they can come out on first down and get eight yards on a, even, you know, a tight end yeah. pass, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go for a touchdown. Right? It doesn't have to be a big, you know, Hail Mary but you need to be able to pass the ball against Wisconsin because you're not going to be able to run the ball, at least not to a degree of success that'll get you a win.
3: You know, first down plays. And this is something that all teams chart and look at. But Iowa has been, even more than normal, very much reliant on the run game on first down. Yes. I don't think you can do that this this year against Wisconsin. I don't think it works. And you're right. It's going to be a lot of those quick hitches. Get it out quick. Get the ball on the edges. And then see if guys can make some plays. And Maybe go back to a little more of the tunnel screen action that we've seen. I know that turned into a disaster with the pick six earlier the season for Petrus. But those are the kind of plays that you're going to have to do. And also get that offensive line out in space, too. And yeah. Get those guys out blocking on the edge. You go back to the Maryland game. I thought they did a much better job of doing that and getting those guys out and able to make some plays there. So I think this is a game where you're almost playing backwards for Iowa standards. You are passing on first down a lot more. You have a second and four. No, don't go back to the ground. game. right back. If you picked up six on first down, go right back to it. And then hope that you can get that protection. Getting Lachey back, I think, is huge too. And not so much as a pass catcher, but because he is a superior blocker to what you have with Laporta. So having a guy in there that's going to help out, going to be in there to help those tackles on one side or the other, get Laporta then involved more in the passing game. I think that's important against those good middle linebackers because he is a good, talented tight end. Got to catch the ball. Tracy can't have drops. LaPorta can't have drops. Those guys have struggled with that this year. They have. You need that. I'm excited. I'm excited that there's an opportunity here because there's been some years where you feel like you have no chance. And the reason, more than anything, is Graham Mertz is terrible. Yes. As much as we rail at times (laughs) on Spencer Petrus, Mertz has been as bad as bad can be. And that's that's the part. The running game is really going. The 17-year-old freshman is a stud. He's a monster. He looks like a big old Wisconsin running back. That offensive line is not as good as it's been in the past, but the run game has got going here. But you mentioned the teams that they've done it against. Not exactly the who's who of college football. I think Iowa. This is a game, probably not going to see much Van Ness. Uh, you wonder what they're going to do on the edge, and I know there's been some rumblings out there. Not just, obviously, Riley Moss not playing, but I don't know if you've seen. There's at least some message board and Twitter chatter. Maybe an injury to Terry Roberts. If that's the case, what do you do on the edge? Is it Xavier Williams, the transfer from U and I, that gets a spot. Is it Jamari Harris, who's been in the program, or do you do something interesting with Dane Belton? <laughs>
2: That's you know, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because I heard Chad Lysico on KX and on Hawk Central bring this up and then say even if Terry Roberts is healthy, even if he's good to go, maybe you play Dane Belton in that corner spot just to get more physical play, uh, to get a little more experience out there, and you're not worried about Wisconsin throwing the ball. I mean, you can you can go into like a pass protect third down, you know, on a third and long if Wisconsin is is in Mm -hmm. that situation, but. Graham threw eight passes against Purdue. Right. Eight passes. He didn't... Not not complete eight passes. He attempted eight passes. They have gone completely one-dimensional. And so, I think you're okay with Hankins and those safeties being out there in pass protection and then throwing a Dane Belton in there and just, you know, bringing him down a little bit more, having some more physical play there, uh, having some bigger guys, and and again, some more experience. Not a ton of experience, but more than Terry Roberts. Um, And so... I think that's going to be really, really interesting. I don't think Wisconsin beats Iowa throwing the ball eight times, right. and so if you can force them to to have to be two dimensional mm-hmm. on offense, that's when they start to make mistakes. That's when our defense can capitalize on some of those things. and And I think you're exactly right. Now Braylon Allen worries me. Yeah, you talk about him—that 17 year old freshman. Um, I talked to uh, Colton, Colton Bartholomew, who covers uh, Wisconsin for the Wisconsin State Journal, and he said that you know he came in as a safety. Mm-hmm they they big he, recruit. He was, yeah he was a little too big mm-hmm. so they they, tr- they were going to move him to linebacker but he got so big they ended up just moving to running back i was like t- i told him I was like, man, that sounds such an... Like, there's two programs in the country where you could say a guy came in as a safety and then got so big they moved him to running back, and it's Iowa and Wisconsin. Yeah. He may be the next great Wisconsin running back, but he's still a 17-year-old freshman. This yeah. is still going to be the biggest game he's ever played in. And uh, and while I'm a little worried about what he can do, I'm also thinking he's he's susceptible to some mistakes as well.
3: Well, absolutely. And you look at the games that Iowa's won, mistakes has been a big part of that mm-hmm. against Wisconsin in the past. You go back to the 10-6 game in 2015 where you got the center stepping on the quarterback's foot, and he fumbles it as Brook gives it to I when they win a 10-6. Our last so win
2: at Camp Randall. You're
3: going to need something here. I think you're going to need Charlie Jones in the return game. You're going to need a couple of turnovers. You're going to have that, and when you have a freshman running back back there, kid that's 17 that probably hasn't played in this big of a game yet, when you look at what they've done here as he's become a running back, you know he didn't have a carry in the game against Penn State right. earlier this season. Yeah. You know, wasn't out there a whole lot against Michigan. So you go through and you look at the game log. He's a very talented player as a kid. That not only reclassified, so he should be a senior in high school right now. He had offers from Notre Dame and Michigan. I mean, the who's who of the Midwest was after him, and he wanted to stay home and play for the Badgers. And now he's finding a spot. A very talented guy. But you're right. And I was defense. That defensive line can just hold up. You have the linebackers that are going to make plays. That are going to be there, physical, can come up there, stuff the run. That's the exciting part here. And it comes down to quarterback versus quarterback. I was in good shape here. Yeah. I really think that they're 100%. in good shape. Maybe one of the few times this year, but that's the case here because of their Mertz's problems. This is a game, I think Spencer Petrus is going to have to win it. If I was going to win this game, it's going to say Petrus made that throw, Petrus came up big. That's going to be the difference in this one. If they get it done, it's going to be because of Spencer Petrus.
2: Yeah, he and Brian Ferentz, right? Kind of yeah. like that Penn State. If you can set up a play, you just need the one play. Mm-hmm. Can, can you can you complete that play? Um, it's really going to be interesting. The, these teams, like <clears throat> this, sounds so simplistic, but I really think they're so equal on so many in, in so many levels. There's not like a schematic thing that I'm worried about one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a huge talent gap one way or the other. Um, it's really just going to be who executes. But I mean, they're going to line up, try to play the same style of football and who's able to execute. And you're right. I like Iowa's advantage there in the quarterback and
3: in in the passing game. Um, Are you surprised that Wisconsin's favorite in this game? Not really. Um, Metrics still really like this Wisconsin team. You kind of look at who they are and what it was. The Penn State game, they just should have won. I mean, that was a game that they were the better team. It just didn't show up on the scoreboard that day. They were leading Notre Dame in the fourth quarter yeah. before everything fell apart there. So you kind of break it down in that fashion. You understand they obviously have, if not the best defense in the country, the side of Georgia, they're right up there yeah. in the conversation. And that's still going to be there. The one part of it that that you do wonder is they've already lost three games inside of Camp Randall. And this is an 11 o'clock game. We also know that the environment is just different in Camp Randall for 11 o'clock. Games. Yes. The students don't get there until the middle of the second quarter. They're late arriving. They only have one gate open. It's an absolute mess to get in there in general, as I can attest to many <laughs> times making that trip. And it's just not the environment. Oh, jump around and how loud and tough it's going to be. how well, can be. Yeah. But it can also be very quiet. I remember being there for Barry's last game as Iowa went in there and upset them in that one. A place can also become a morgue because if things aren't going well, it's a fan base that very much a lot more grumbling and eating cheese curds as opposed to actually being loud and being trying to get their team back into it. That's not the environment. That's another reason I think a good start is really important for Iowa here. Playing ahead is important against this Badger team.
2: Yeah, if you can if if those students can come in, you know, halfway through the second quarter and, and they're down 10 nothing, that's that that would be huge for yeah. for the Hawkeyes. Um the over under 36 <laughs> and a half. Give me the under. Yeah. All day All long. All day. I, I really do think. I mean, other than a pick six, right. a kick yeah. return, like some, and maybe even a couple of those plays sure. is what it's going to take to get over in this game.
3: Yeah, I don't think one is going to be the difference. It's going to be probably multiple here. It's Turnovers could throw, throw this game into a wrench. And this is two teams that have shown the propensity that they can turn it over in bunches. Iowa can force turnovers in bunches, as we've seen, but it goes the other way against Purdue. Iowa right now, one of the tops in the country in plus-minus in the turnover game. Wisconsin's minus eight. Advantage, Iowa in that one. Also, special teams rankings. Iowa, depending on what metric you're looking at, they're in the top ten of pretty much every special teams metric that is out there. Wisconsin, between 90 and 110. Iowa has a big advantage in the punting game, in the kicking game, in the return game. Special teams, edge. Charlie Jones, make a play. Yes. He makes a play in this one. That one also could be a big difference maker. All right, what's a win look like for the Hawkeyes? This is going to be a game where... Spencer Petrus is efficient with the football, completes over 60% of his passes, short passing game, a lot of hitches, a lot of stops, a lot of those eight yard passes that he gets out quick and is able to do it on the edges. That's going to be the first part of it here. You know, one of those 15 of 21 games where he throws for 190 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, and then the ground game does just enough. You know, it might be where they run it 35 times for. 85 yards and boy, it doesn't look great by any means, and not even three yards of carry. But they're moving the chains when need to, those kind of plays that are out there. They do that and then just play straight up football. You know, don't let Mertz make one big play, don't allow that to happen. Force a turnover or two. That's how Iowa wins it, and they win it 16 14. You like Iowa to win? I do here. Do you? It I do with you. In.
2: You do with me. I
3: just want to put you in a good mood. That's more than anything, AD. I want to put you I in a good mood. I
2: don't know how I feel about this game, man. Like, I I will never pick Wisconsin to beat Iowa. <laughs>
3: right. I, I, You'll just abstain if I you have to make a pick?
2: I literally choose Wisconsin to lose in the first round of my bracket every year. Like, I, I will never pick Wisconsin to win a game. So, I will pick the Hawkeyes. But if I'm being honest, like, I don't feel good about this I, game. And I'm
3: the same way. I don't feel confident by any means. And it goes back to history. Yeah. It goes back to the concerns we have about this team. It's not a vintage Wisconsin team. It just isn't. But it's still Wisconsin, and they still have the 3-4, and they still do things that really throw Iowa off here. Maybe get some 6-3. Let's get a 6-4 game, something like that. Just anything, anything positive, because after that, if that happens, a North, Northwestern's been a house of horrors and yeah. just in general against the Hawks after that. But you still have to feel confident yes. against that Northwestern team. Minnesota, you get them at home. Yeah. though they're playing better, they still lost to Bowling Green. Yes, exactly. And I'll take Kirk Ferentz. We know there's certain coaches that Kirk <laughs> doesn't like. Phil Fleck, yeah, he's not he a is big one fan. of them. Not, no, not a big no. fan. You, you know that they're going to be ready for that football game. You finish it up with Illinois and Nebraska. And Nebraska has a lot of talent. I like that team, but they also make a lot of mistakes. So yep. it's just about getting this one. Getting this one changes the complexion of everything. It's a top 10 team that we have here. They're 6 and one but a win here takes it, I think, to another level and gets that excitement back inside the fan base.
2: Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Trent, thank you, man. I'm going to let you go. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Colton Bartholomew. Uh, I'm bringing in Ted Flint, Kansas, to talk a little bit about this under. Uh-huh. He's, a, he's a big under guy. Yes, so yeah. uh, I'm going to bring on him on for about five minutes. And then Joe Schmuck will join me to wrap up the show. Trent, thank you, man. Uh, check out Trent's uh, Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast and all the gambling stuff he does for Hawkeye Nation. Go Hawks, Trent. Go Hawks. All right. Thank you, man. This is the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show. We'll be right back here on 1460 KXNO
0: and 106.3 FM. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
2: Radio show here on KXNO. My name is Andrew Downs, taking you through this hour program. Uh, We've had a great conversation with Trent Condon. Thank you to him. I've let him get out of here. As uh, now we take a look at Wisconsin. I talked with Colton Bartholomew. He's a Badger beat writer for the Wisconsin State Journal up in Madison, and uh, we're gonna get a little inside look at, uh, at what we can expect from this Saturday late morning, early afternoon tilt in Madison. Welcome back to Colton Bartholomew. Colton, thank you for the time today. Anytime, Andrew. So after a rocky start to the season, the Badgers seem to have settled in a little bit. You know, they're, they're winners of three in a row, a chance to get right back into the thick of the Big Ten West race. Does it feel like the season could pivot on the result of Saturday's game?
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, what really has changed in the last month or so for the Badgers is they've just found an identity on offense that, it's, it's not what people expected coming into the year. I think they were hoping for a little bit more from the passing game and from Graham Mertz and all that type of stuff. But uh, when it came down to it, the best chance for a team to win was to control the clock, run the ball and lean on the defense. And that's really what they've done the last three weeks. And uh, I think that's going to be their game plan coming into Saturday as well, because just of how well uh, this offensive line and how well uh, the running backs are doing behind them right now. So uh, I think, They've kind of, like you said, settled in and they found what can work for them. And it's, it's old school Wisconsin football. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun to watch all that often, but it's going to be effective enough. So I think that's kind of the if they can continue that and somehow get a win on Saturday, then, you know, lots of things open up for that last month of the season. Man,
2: that sounds very familiar to Iowa fans. The the ugly it up, the <laughs> right. control the clock, right? Run the ball, good defense, capitalize on the other team's mistakes, try not to make many of your own and hope you come out with a win. Uh, th- this could be, you know, one of these classic Iowa-Wisconsin-Big Ten slobber knocker games.
4: It really was. and I've I'm, I'm been talking with people all week about, like, I don't know how either team scores like two or three touchdowns. You know, I I honestly don't, because you look at both these teams defenses in the red zone and how well they stop the run on both sides. And I just think that it's going to be a punt fest. And I'm already kind of like pre annoyed by people on Twitter complaining about it and saying, you know, this is classic big 10, but it's like, no, this is just two defenses that are far outpacing how well their offenses are doing. And it's going to probably play out that way on Saturday.
2: You know, you mentioned Graham Mertz and, and he's just had one interception these last four games after a rough start to the season, but just eight passing attempts against Purdue. So is it fair to say now that this Wisconsin offense is one dimensional? And if so, do you see that as, as a problem?
4: Um, It, it is certainly a little bit. And when it's by design, it's hard to say it's a problem and, I don't, I think what they're kind of shifting to is asking Graham Mertz to be efficient as opposed to make big plays. And that was, I think that's a shift in mentality, both for player and for the offense, because I think when you came into the year, there was so much optimism, with all these guys coming back on the offensive side and Graham Mertz having the experience of last year, even though it was a tough year, having that under his belt and kind of just knowing the speed of the game. Uh, he's still got uh, quite a way to grow in the sense of reading defenses and, you know, taking the good things that he does and just applying them to more, uh, more of the offense and more chances uh, throughout a game. But I really do feel like this offense has said, Hey, we're going to pound the ball. We're going to ask Graham merch to throw really only on third down when we need to, or just when he does throw, just pick up first downs. We're not asking you to make big chunk plays and things of that nature. So, It is one-dimensional to a sense or to a point, but I think that it's leaning into the strengths of their team as opposed to trying to force things that just haven't been there throughout the year.
2: So you talk about pounding the ball, and uh, and Wisconsin always has one or two great uh, running backs, You know, and and even if it's not Ron Dane or Jonathan Taylor, there's always somebody to be looking out for. So uh, this weekend, who should Iowa fans be watching when Wisconsin does have the ball and, and does try to pound it?
4: Yeah, I think you got to start with Braylon Allen. Uh, He's technically not the starter. It's basically a one a one B situation right now in the Badger backfield, but he's a freshman. He's 17 years old. He should be a senior in high school. He reclassified this year, but six foot two, about 240 pounds. And it's just really kind of changed the identity of this offense right now, uh, in terms of a physicality and a running style. Um, that that's really kind of just leaned into, like I said, the, the strength of this offensive line going forward. And, you know, the, they kind of base stuff finally working. Cause I think that was one of the issues early on in the year, like teams are loading up against what they did to start. And when, you know, they, they weren't able to consistently get those four and five yard gains early in games, the play action doesn't work as well. And everything you're trying to base off those runs just doesn't quite work. So Braylon Allen's really kind of changed those things. And, it's really impressive because like I said, 17 years old and guy that, uh, just they, they had high hopes for, but really until I was, a, I think it was about April, the belief was he was, he was going to play on defense. He started as a safety recruit got bigger and wow. they're like, okay, well maybe we'll put him at linebacker. And then now he's a running back and you could argue the most important guy on their offense. So it's a pretty impressive you know, year for this kid.
2: You know, I, I the the rivalry between Iowa and Wisconsin is is so intense that it's hard for me to you know sometimes see how how alike these two programs are. But to hear you say a guy got too big to be a safety, and then instead of moving him to linebacker, they moved him to running back. You know, for for a lot of programs, a lot of probably full conferences, that would sound ridiculous. But for us here in Iowa, it's like oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
4: Absolutely, and it, it's fun every time we get to this week in a year because it's you, you talk to the players and they all realize like. Yeah, they're basically us. You know, we're looking in a mirror this week where, you know, we're finally getting to practice against the, or get to uh, play against a team that's going to use multiple tight ends and have a fullback on the field. Because I've talked to Wisconsin defensive players before. It's like, you know, how do you get really good looks against some of these spread teams? You're going to play every week when you're, you're going against practice squad guys on the offensive side that are built for two tight end. And and, you know, a, a pounding style and they all, you know, they admit, yeah, it can be tough sometimes, but this is a week where it's, you know, apples and apples, what you're going to see. And there's obviously small tweaks and small differences between the offenses, but it, it's, it's so similar that, that that's why these games are always tight. There's not a lot of tricking going on, on either side. You know what you're going to get. It's just, who's going to be able to you know make the plays and kind of, you know, swing a game with a turnover or things like that on Saturday.
2: Well, you know, along those same lines, when you look in the mirror of, of these two teams, you see two elite defenses. Uh, Wisconsin certainly, I think statistically, like the second best defense in the country after Georgia. But for those of, of us who haven't watched every game, what makes this defense so good? Is is it the the front seven, the, the back seven? I mean, well, what what is it about this defense that has them playing so well right now?
4: Yeah, it's the front seven. It, it's a lot to do with the inside linebackers, Jack Sanborn and uh, Leo Chanel. Uh, right now, just both of them are on fire. They're they're playing their best football of their careers. Um, Jim Leonard is using them not only in, in the run-stopping game, but getting after the passer a ton. And Leo Chanel has, has become one of their best pass rushers, even from that inside linebacker position. And they're able to you know loop him around the outside or shoot him through the gaps in the middle. Uh, to get after quarterback so quickly that there's just not a lot of things that uh, can develop down the field. So I think this is going to be a really fun matchup because uh, outside of, you know, Tyler Linderbaum, I think this Iowa offensive line has been up and down throughout the years. And you can kind of see that playing out through, uh, through, playing out throughout games. So I think that matchup is going to be fascinating to watch just how that gets attacked and where Iowa tries to, you know maybe get Linderbaum up to the Leo Chanel and try to put that best player versus best player um, strategy on the field. So I think it's really, this this front seven that's really controlling things. And you look at what they're allowing rushing. It's something like 50 something yards a game uh, Wisconsin is. So they're really making teams throw the ball to beat them. And it's, it's possible. I think we've seen throughout the year, like you can beat this team deep, but they're trying to make it the least efficient ways to beat them possible. You've got to complete a deep pass. You've got to, you know, get the protection, the, the they challenge you to, you know, be perfect on one play to get a big swing. So uh, I think it's gonna be a really fascinating matchup.
2: You know, you can get into trouble trying to use the transitive property in sports. You know, it just often doesn't doesn't hold up. But it's hard not to look at the fact that Iowa and Wisconsin have each played Purdue in their most recent game. Purdue had a pretty dominant win over Iowa two weeks ago. And then Wisconsin had a pretty dominant win over Purdue last week. Do you put any stock into that when you look at the matchup between Iowa and Wisconsin?
4: I do only in the sense of I think Iowa saw that they can't rely on the turnovers as much as they had. I mean, they've been unbelievable at creating turnovers. And I think that's what Purdue did better than anything. Obviously David Bell is a great player, but the thing that they did was just didn't give Iowa's offense. So that, that momentum uh, with turnovers and then on the flip side, the Badgers were able to create five turnovers against Purdue last week. So I think some of that's just water finding its level on the turnover stuff where Iowa had been so, so great at it. And then the Badgers defense just hadn't been able to convert as many of those. So I don't know if you can read too much into that, but I think it just kind of showed Iowa's defense, like, all right, we have to get some stops outside of, um, or have to get up the field outside of creating a turnover a little bit more often. And I think it also showed for the Badger offense, we have to establish this run game. And then I i don't think you're going to be able to beat Iowa passing the ball eight times. I mean, I would be shocked if that's, but the stat line ended, ended up looking like again so I think you just got to find ways to be more efficient as opposed to you know expecting a big play against this IO defense too often.
2: You know Colton at this point in my podcast I usually ask the person I'm talking to you know where, where do you think one team has an advantage over the other uh, but I think the theme of our last 10 minutes is these teams are very similar to each other and so is it really just going to come down to who can execute better on Saturday afternoon uh, rather than you know there, there's a schematic thing or a, a talent gap or anything like that between these two teams
4: yeah i think it is i think it's going to be more about the execution part but i will say the one thing that i think could be a, a tick toward wisconsin side is this front seven versus the offensive line because i just think when you look at some of the issues that they've had on the edges especially i i don't think there's any clearly there's no issue with what tyler linderbaum's doing and how great he's played but i think what you look at how Wisconsin uses their linebackers to come off the edge and really attack tackles in that way. Nick Herbig is a guy that you might want to look out for Uh, an outside linebacker. That's playing really well as well in the pass rushing game. Um, And we know how effective Iowa has been throughout the years and in, including this year with the the bootleg passes. So I think that's going to be a matchup to watch is, you know, how they protect the edges against these linebackers. And I think that's one area where you just look at athletically and production wise this season, that Wisconsin might have the edge. But I also think you at the same time, say, I don't think that there's anybody on the Wisconsin defense that's great at covering tight ends and we know how good Sam LaPorte is. So I think there's advantages on both sides there. That's going to make this a really fun matchup. He
2: is at CBARTWSJ on Twitter. Give him a follow. Check out his work at the Wisconsin State Journal and on Madison.com. Colton, thank you as always for the time. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, anytime. And now we're going to have a little bit of fun. i got my buddy Ted Flint on the line. You know him on Twitter, Ted Flint, Kansas. And you may be asking, AD, why are you bringing a Cyclone fan onto the Hawkeye Nation radio show? Well, Ted is more than a Cyclone fan. He's also a degenerate gambler and a lover of unders. And the line on this game, guys, is uh, about as low as you're ever going to see. Ted, thank you so much for the time, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's the uh, the lowest game of the year. Um, It's disgusting. And you have to bet it because it's there. Like betting unders is... It's not fun, but you get more excitement out of winning an under than you ever get out of hitting any over. why?
2: why is, like, let's, have, yeah, let's start there. Why is that? Because you're, you're a lover of the unders. What What is the exciting thing about it?
0: Because you're guaranteed four quarters of, like, misery to ecstasy. Like, <laughs> if you hit an over in the third quarter, then it's you're done. You're done. You quit. All right, well, I can just move on. Like, you have to, like, just sit there and grind. Like, I, I went to sleep two Fridays ago and San Diego state and I think San Jose state hit the under 40 in two overtimes. Like, I mean, <laughs> how does that even happen? Like, look at Illinois Purdue. I mean, uh, Penn state game last week, you know, I don't know that I over under overrunners in the fifties, but it's just, you're like, you're basically like, and like, I don't want to say this about saying like, it's, you're on the edge of your seat or you're has some real call it like edging. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're just like, you're just like pent up for three or four hours watching that score, like, and you would think that under that, like pinning a team on like the two yard line is good for you. It's actually the exact opposite because crap, like, you know, safeties happen or pick sixes mm. or, or Bryce Hall, Reese Hall fumbles. And then Iowa gets a touchdown, you know, even though that under hit and like the true degenerate in me was rooting for Iowa State to miss that field goal in the Iowa game <laughs> to hit that under. Cause I knew they weren't coming back. I knew they were going to come back, so I might as well make some money and just go home with that. So
2: 36-and-a-half thir- is, a, is a pretty low number, but these are pretty inept offenses and great defenses. I guess the, the thing that would worry me about this over-under is Iowa's penchant for you know getting uh, turnovers and pick sixes, returning fumbles like they did against Iowa State, uh, You know, having a special teams play 13. or a special teams blunder.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, When under 36 and a 36-and-a-half, any kind of special teams touchdown, any, any defensive touchdown probably blows it up. It's probably done. It's probably dead. So you you, they have five touchdowns, right? Am I doing the math right? Five touchdowns is all you can survive. So so that's less than two touchdowns a quarter. So you're looking at like, it's just, I actually saw someone put this out there and I'm going to see if I can bet it on DraftKings is like this game routinely has like a slow start. And I think the first quarter over under is like seven and a half
2: combined Ooh. between the two. Like, I kind of so, like
0: that. You know, like so if you really want to like get into it, you know, and it's just these teams don't score. I mean, even I'm pretty sure what well, they got thirty to seven first Purdue that hit under. You know, the Army under hit definitely the Iowa Purdue under hit. I think the only two times Iowa had hit under are the Maryland game where they had seventeen turnovers and. There's another game. Who did they play after Maryland? The uh, under didn't hit either.
2: Uh, was, would it have been the um, uh, the Penn State game? Not that under probably. Yeah, hit.
0: that that went over by two. Oh, uh, okay. By two points. That field goal that you guys didn't even need to win the game. Wow. See, I'm not bitter at all. I stopped betting <laughs> Iowa unders for a while because they they kind of hurt me. So I gotta bet. You gotta bet thirty six and a half. I like guess it's, it's there. You have to say you bet it. You if you lose and you everyone's like, oh, you lost anyway, but you have to be like, I hit it. I hit that twenty to thirteen score, you know, like or fourteen to twelve or some something gross, right? I think so, I
2: think there's a really good chance that that's what happens. I mean, you look at Wisconsin; they've they have intentionally become a one dimensional team. They threw eight passes against Purdue, and yeah. but but they were able to score thirty one points with that. So does that worry you too?
0: No, I mean, what worries me is your cornerback being out. Yeah, kind of worries me more than anything because like. That like I, I can see like a couple of quick quick touchdowns. You know I don't know anything about Wisconsin besides that they everyone says they're bad, but some other favorite in this game that doesn't make sense to me either. <laughs> like like so I, yeah they're both running teams they both have pretty good defenses. I don't know how, I don't think Wisconsin's defense is near as good as Iowa's, but it's not terrible either. So it comes down to which quarterback makes more mistakes, and one of these two quarterbacks throws interceptions, and it's not petrus So um I like I saw 50 percent of Wisconsin's opponents' points have come off of turnovers. You see that's that? Yeah <laughs> yes. So and and forty percent of Iowa's offense has come off of turnovers. That's, yes. that's what worries me in this game more than anything. Like if it was just two teams that like that are like the uh, San Diego States of the world that just do eight minute drives and set up for field goals and that's fine. But like Wisconsin makes mistakes. And Iowa loves capitalizing on mistakes. So that's what scares me about this number. More than anything. Ted terrified.
2: Where can people uh, hear, hear you talk about gambling a little more if they want that?
0: Yeah, so I'm on the Action Fanatics. We're in the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. You can follow us on uh, actionfanatics.com. I'm also at the Tailgate Society. So check us out there. Let's hit this under together. Let's all be miserable for three hours and win some 18 to 15 crap. like. And let's hit it. And we can all celebrate.
2: I love like, it, man. Just, I love it. Thank you for the time, Ted. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Take care, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you to Ted Flint. That was a
2: a fun little conversation. Hope you enjoyed that as well. Uh, Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF if you have a problem. When I come back, Joe Schmuck will join me. The Grand Poobah of the Polk County Eye Club. We're going to preview this Wisconsin game a little further here on the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. back to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO, 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. If you've missed any of this show so far, check it out at HawkeyeNation.com or search your podcast feed for Hawkeye Nation, and it will uh, it will come up there. Subscribe, like, rate. We appreciate it. Uh, check out all the work we do at HawkeyeNation.com. I'm now joined by our fearless leader at HawkeyeNation.com and the grand poobah of the Polk County iClub. It's Joe Schmelke. What's up, Joe? Hey. <laughs>
1: Andrew, how you doing, buddy? Good am um, to talk today. Yeah, yeah. So, good. Yeah, I hate this. I don't like this weather, but otherwise, everything is good, right?
2: Yeah, the, the weather has been rough, but it sounds like it'll be a nice day in in Madison on Saturday afternoon, and that's kind of where we turn our attention now, as we uh, we get the bad taste out of our mouth from that Purdue game, and we start looking at this Wisconsin game. And uh, Joe, I guess how are how are you feeling about this one? Uh, Trent and I talked in the first segment, and we're both a little uneasy about this. Uh, we, you know, we both hope Iowa wins, and and Trent predicted Iowa to win uh, by two. But but I got to admit, man, I'm I'm a little nervous about this one.
1: Well, I am too. I mean, I, I think we always are, right? We 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 don't play well against uh, Purdue. We never do, and um, and and they they clocked us pretty good. Um, and then you turn around and you watch how Wisconsin handled Purdue, right? Um, I think we match up a little bit better with Wisconsin than we did with Purdue. I don't think Wisconsin quarterback is going to go, you know, throw 40 passes and complete 30 of them, right? their quarterbacks. Um, I think they're a little more, their quarterback's a little more one dimensional, uh, you know, Purdue just, you know, they had one hell of a game against us. I think we had a bad defensive plan uh, for, uh, for Bell. Hopefully they'll watch it. You know, the Wisconsin, <laughs> Film and 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 you can see some of the things that they were doing and uh, you know we've got two weeks to get ready for them. Uh, you got to think that our guys were probably some mental fatigue and some physical uh, things. That's what the bye week is for. Uh, we should come out of that and you know we should be juiced up and feeling pretty good and ready to go. One one concern I did have, uh, you know, Riley Moss not being in there. I think he's. Uh, you know, I thought I thought Roberts was kind of right there with him, and I think Roberts is a really good player, but uh, I don't think he's Riley Moss. You know, he just doesn't have that much, have near as much experience and and that playmaking ability uh, that Moss has. So that was that was disappointing. I was hoping Riley would come back.
2: Yeah, it was but overall. Yeah. It would be nice to see Riley Moss out there. You're right. Terry Roberts is a good player. He had he had a rough game against Purdue and, and doesn't have the experience. I think the good thing, and you mentioned it there, is that Wisconsin really is a one-dimensional team. And so, if there's any game that you can afford to not have a, you know, one of your stud cornerbacks, one of the best cornerbacks in the country, in Riley Moss, uh, it's probably this game because, um, you know, Joe, Wisconsin had such a rough time in those first four games. Graham Mertz throwing pick after pick. I think he threw four against Notre Dame. Uh, three of them in that fourth quarter. Where where they just got destroyed? Uh, he only he only attempted eight passes against Purdue. So this team has gone completely one dimensional. So really, it's it's going to be about forcing Wisconsin to a, well stopping the run on, on first and second down, forcing them into a, a third and long situation where they have to throw, and then letting our defense kind of capitalize on that. And I, th- I think if that's the way this goes, if that front seven of the Iowa defense can kind of keep Wisconsin's running game in check, which is easier said than done, but if they if they're able to do it, I really like uh I was chance on defense to to really make an impact in this game.
1: A- absolutely, I mean, uh, if we let their big guys on the offensive line just beat the crap out of across our front line. But the thing I like about us is is you know we're really rotating a lot of guys. We've got really eight defensive linemen that are playing a lot, and I think we can stay fresh. And while they may be bigger than us and maybe stronger, more mature, whatever you want to call it. I, I think by having having that depth there, I think we'll be okay. You gotta have big games from uh, Campbell and Benson for sure, and then uh, you gotta probably plan on Justin Jacobs being in there as well an awful lot. Um, like you said, you hope you you slow them down on first and second down, put them into a lot of third and fives, third and sevens, stuff like that. But you know these games. Andrew, they always come down to really a, a penalty here or there, but more so turnovers. Yeah. And I, our, our defense has got to create some turnovers. And, and, and you just hit a big point there is that, that you know, Wisconsin has been prone to some turnovers, much more so than our than our offense. I, I think those last three interceptions, you know, they were not normal for us in the Purdue game. Um, we were coming from behind. They knew we had to throw. And that's not our game. You know, it's, it's the other key, I think, to this game, too, and all games, not just this game, but I'm talking Minnesota and really every game that's left on our schedule, we can't fall behind by more than really a, than, than a one possession. We've got to keep it within a one possession game, ideally. I know that's happened a couple of times, and, and Penn State has happened, but it's tough for us with our offense uh, limitations, whatever, to, uh, to really make a big comeback. I think the second thing too, and this is what I'm really looking for, is I, I, I think we've seen Keegan Murray, or Keegan Murray, Keegan Johnson, <laughs> right, really, yeah, really emerge as a playmaker on offense. He's that guy that can break a tackle and make a move and turn a turn a five yard route into you know a fifty or sixty yard gain, and our offense badly needs that, right? Um, we need those big plays because we, we, we're we struggling to run the ball. I mean, the, the weakness of this team, nothing rocket science here, is, is our offensive line. we got a couple of really young guys playing offensive line. They're not that experienced, and we're just not, we're not that strong on the offensive line right now. So let's hope that we got a little better, hope we've got some good plays. We should be very well prepared for Wisconsin. Um, it's going to be a crazy environment up there, and I don't want to say it's a must game, but it's kind of close if we're going to win the West, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. It, it really absolutely is. It feels like the West is going to pivot on, on this game one way or the other. Cause Wisconsin, you look at the rest of their schedule and even with those couple of losses, they, they look like a team that, that can kind of run the table here. So Iowa really needs this one to, uh to, to get to Indianapolis. I think.
1: I think, I think so too. Um, one of the things I really like, though, I, I think we have an advantage on special teams. Um, obviously where it's going to be a field position kind of a game. It's so like you said, it sounds like the weather is going to be pretty good. Um, we didn't, we didn't get that field position game working for us in the Purdue game. They continued as much as we want to talk about our offense being having some weaknesses in that game. Our defense just couldn't get off the field on third down. Um, you know, they just kept completing passes and, and, and making plays and their quarterback was a little more of a runner and, And they just kept moving the ball down the field and and we lost the field position game. Right. And that took, you know, that took Taylor kind of out of the game. I mean, you know, he wasn't even in a position to knock something out at the two yard line or, or something like that, which our defense seems to really just thrive on when that happens. So um, I like our kicking game. I think shoot really good kicker. I think that's going to be huge on, uh, on Saturday. I think, you know, you can get to 17 points in this game. I think you got a really good shot at winning, and, and that's that's really that's kind of old school. But I think the clock is going to run pretty fast. It's going to be a short game. You're not going to have a ton of possessions because both teams are going to want to run a little bit. I I hope we're capable of throwing the ball better. I, I just I want to see Tyrone Tracy, yeah, you know, do something. I, 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 there's a disappointment so far this year. He just he just he just hasn't caught. Hardly any passes he's made. Very few big plays. Um, I, I really thought he was going to be, you know, really a stud this year, and and he just he just hasn't been able to break out and, and do much of anything. So, if they'll start throwing the ball a little bit more over the top to Keegan Johnson, maybe that opens up a couple of plays, and and um, and uh, you know Tracy can Tracy can make some plays. You know, and then you got Charlie Jones. You know, I think he was a little dinged up too. I think he's back to being really healthy now. That's going to help us on on uh, kickoff returns and punt returns. I think we've got to win it with with some special teams. I really do. I think that's gonna I think that's going to push it over. And need to win the turnover battle, or certainly not lose the turnover battle. Right.
2: Yes. Exactly. Yes. You win the turnover battle, play solid special teams, not let uh Wisconsin's, you know, young running back uh you know have have a big day, keep them um, you know, having to throw the ball and, and capitalize on that. And I think Iowa's got a good chance. Okay, here it's prediction time, Joe. How do you feel about this game? Is is Iowa gonna win this game?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think we come out and win it. I think we're gonna be better prepared. I think, you know, they're kind of uh where we were a couple weeks ago maybe. Uh, they've had some big games. Uh, I, I, I think we bounce back and, and we win. I'm, I'm going to even say, I still a while, but I'm going to say 20 to 13. You know, I think our defense has a big game. I like I it. And hopefully we win that field position game that's
2: big, too. I like it. I think, I think you're exactly right. I think my score is going to be right around there as well. And uh, and hopefully we're, we're talking a week from now about a big Hawkeye win and a, a path to Indianapolis and, and maybe beyond uh, for this Hawkeye team as we'll all feel a lot better about things if they get a win in Madison. Absolutely, Joe, thank you hey, so much one, for the time. Quick, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Hey, one, one quick thing. Hey, the Polk County iClub is going to have a game watch at the front row on Saturday. Oh, Saturday. awesome. Everybody out there, all Hawkeye fans, come out there for that, and we're having a bags game. So you want to get out there about 9, 9.30, sign up for the Bags game. It's $20 a piece. Going to have a big Bags tournament, lots of great prizes and things like that. So the front row over on Swanson Boulevard in Clive, Saturday for the game. Get out there a little early and and uh, get in the Bags competition.
2: Yeah, and if somehow you haven't been to the front row, it's such a cool spot. It's, it's like a Hawkeye museum. I mean, you could spend hours in there just looking at the walls and, and kind of looking at all, all the memorabilia. Plus, you're going to be surrounded by Hawkeye fans. Uh, that's going to be a really fun day Saturday.
1: And... And you got your brother as a bartender. There. Absolutely. Why can you go wrong? Yeah, tip, tip your bartender. bartender. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. Fun. All right. Buddy. All right. Thank you, Joe. Right, Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next week. All right.
1: All right. Take care, buddy. All right. Thank all right, go you. Hawk.
2: And that's going to do it for the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. Thank you so much for listening. If you missed any of this show, check it out on the podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search Hawkeye Nation or go to HawkeyeNation.com and it will be there along with all the other great stuff we do at Hawkeye Nation. Thank you so much for listening and go Hawks.